Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the People Project Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Alexander, and each week I bring you episodes on different topics that affect us all in different ways, internally, externally, or sometimes both. I created this podcast to talk about people because I believe everyone has a story worthy of being told. Last week, I was joined by my friend Caitlin, and we talked about love and romance and uh, some tender tales and some possums <laughs> and all kinds of wacky stuff. Um, and this week, I will be joined once again by my friend Dylan Grimm, and we are going to talk all about sports and sports teams and um, kind of the passion that goes behind that and really what makes it more than a game. So without further ado... Here's my interview with Grim. So now I am joined once again by the, for I think the third time now. Third time the <laughs> By the one and only Dylan Grim. Hi, Grim. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for joining me. Somehow I've conned you into joining me for a third time. So yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. The people at home, she's not paying me. This is just pure <laughs> charity work right here. Oh, whatever. No, um, Grim actually texted me uh, two weeks ago, um, the week before the Super Bowl, because uh, his team, the Bengals, uh, were in the Super Bowl, and so he texted me, and he was like, hey, I have an idea for an episode, and so that's how that's how we got to this point, um, and so this week's episode is going to be all about being a, um, be, like, why sports teams matter so much to people, um, and, you know like everything that kind of goes into that. I know some people that listen to this, they're diehard sports fans just like us. Some people are kind of like lukewarm about it, like, you know, don't like not care, but like aren't super diehard. And then there's some people that are just like, yay, sports. Like, I don't care. I watch yeah, for the like, courses, yeah, which is totally fine. Yeah. On, right, like, exactly. Exactly. Know. And so like, so for them, they might be like, okay, maybe this will help me like understand a little bit, you know, like why people are so into this. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about, um, today. And we're going to talk about all sports, um, whether it be, you know, football, basketball, college, professional, all of the above, it will be I mean, discussed. Even esports nowadays. Like, I mean, really, right. as long as you have a crowd and like there's right, a winner exactly. at the end, it's a sport nowadays. Exactly. So. I mean, the challenge, fifth major sport, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's how they're really promoting it now. Right. It's the fifth exactly. Sport, the fifth sport. So, yeah. Hey. So, so Graham, tell us a little bit, um, and it's funny, like, to ask you these questions, because I'm going to know all the answers to all of yeah. these things. So for the people um, at home who For the know. people at home who may not know, um, will you tell us a little bit about, like, your favorite teams um, that you, like, you would really consider yourself, like, a diehard fan for, and kind of how you, how you got into them? Yeah, I mean, people can't see, but I'm wearing a t-shirt that says, it's all about the you. And has our five national championship rings on it. So I would say, like, without a doubt, the University of Miami, and specifically football, mm -hmm. um, is, like, far and away my favorite team, the team I feel most connected to, most passionate to. Like, when they lose, yeah. it doesn't ruin a day. It ruins a week. Yeah. Um, Liz is so, listening to this and just, like, dying a little inside as a Florida State fan. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's, you know, even – and that's what makes it awesome, though, about sports is, like, you know, we have these rivalries, but there's also like a mutual respect. Yeah, because it's like we all love the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we just want a great game at the end of the day. Yeah. So, Unless you're an Ole Miss fan, then you're just a jerk. Sure. Yeah. 
So the Hurricanes for sure are like my number one. And mm-hmm. I would say like a, a close second right after um, is the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, grew up, both of these teams I grew up um, watching with my dad. So they had And geographically they were your teams, right? Yeah, yeah okay. I was able to see them play. Like mm-hmm. we had season tickets. So these teams meant a little bit more to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also been a Cincinnati Bengals fan since I was, I want to say like seven or eight years old and mm-hmm. I'm 28. Yeah. So for 20 years, I've been a fan of the Bengals, but I've only seen the Bengals play once on TV, you know, once a season on TV when they, we get that Thursday game against the Browns (laughs) Right. or they came to play the Dolphins here last year and I bought tickets and then Joe Burrow got hurt and didn't even play. I remember that. You were so upset. (laughs) Yeah. You were like, are you kidding? Yeah, so I, I, um, so yeah, those are for sure like my biggest three would be mm-hmm. the Hurricanes, the Heat, and the Bengals in that yeah. order. Um, but I also follow, you know, hockey and soccer. So I like mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers. I like Inter Miami for Major League Soccer. I, I like to support Liverpool, um, for English Premier League Soccer. Yeah, you, <laughs> you. And so, I um and I like to to follow all sports. So while I might not be a diehard in that sport, right. I, I do typically have a team that yeah. I'm like, okay, if like I have somebody that you're rooting for, fair, that's who it is. Yeah. yeah. So. So I mean, I'm sure most people that are listening to this know my answers, but just in case. Um. So for me, um, number one, forever and always, until the day I die, will be the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> like being a Memphis Grizzlies fan is like a part of my personality at this point. Like, it's one of, like, if you, you can, know me, you, you know. If you're a Grizzlies fan, you can endure. Exactly. Like, I, I, like, that proves that I have unconditional love for the people I care about <laughs> because I'm a Absolutely. Grizzlies fan. <laughs> um, because it has not always been easy. But, um, so the Grizzlies are number one. You know, obviously being from Memphis, um, that was a big deal. We had season tickets when they first came to Memphis. Like, it was like a whole big family thing. Um, and then after that... Um, would be the Tennessee Titans um, because I mean Sorry about that playoff loss <laughs> it's okay um, but you know being close proximity to Nashville from Memphis and then you know I'm an hour and a half away now um, is you know has it's just always been a thing and then me and my family we used to every Christmas like after Christmas we would go we would go up to Nashville we would stay at the Opryland Hotel and then we would take the General Jackson like riverboat we would like ride it to the game it would be like it was like a whole thing it was like our family's thing that we would do yeah it was so fun it was so fun and so like that you know was a thing but I mean you know growing up you know watching Steve McNair and Eddie George and like you know like just these iconic players um was special and and then third would be the Memphis Tigers um mainly with basketball also with football too I'm not a huge college football fan um like I don't dislike it or anything but yeah we're working on it (laughs) um but definitely college basketball um and then so that's like diehard for me right um, and then like still supporter, um, not necessarily diehard. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to get more into hockey. I know the predators, like they're good and like people, yeah. you know, get super excited about them. So like, I'm trying to get to more really into it. Yeah. Well, and being so really close, good. like I'm really trying to like get into them more and, um, 
I'm really trying to like baseball. It's hard for me. I really like, I, I mean, I've said it before. Yeah. I dig the baseball pants. You know, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate you a like man in baseball sense. pants. Um, but, but yeah, like I'm, I'm trying. Um, my dad's a Yankees fan. So like I've been told if I'm going to be a fan of a baseball team, a professional baseball yeah, team, that's it. Um, and yeah. then English Premier League, glory, glory, man, United. <laughs> Hate it for well, you. Um, I think I'm having acid reflux. Yeah, uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, and then Memphis has a um, has a soccer team, nine hundred one FC. So um, I like to support them yeah. too. But um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like if it's a sporting event, like it's just it's a fun thing to go to. You know, even if you don't like know the team, love the team, it's just like the atmosphere and like all these people coming together for one reason, like to just support this team. It's just so fun. Yeah. It's so Especially much fun. Especially when that environment's there too, you know, not every exactly. sporting event. Like I went to, in college, I went uh, to college like an hour outside of Indianapolis and yeah. they were doing this thing. It was like, Hey, $25 and we'll mm-hmm. shuttle you down to the, the Pacers field house and yeah. you'll get to see Pacers Knicks. And like, Anybody that was notable on either team legitimately sat out of the game. Like anybody that you would want to see sat out of the game. And we were all the way in the nosebleeds. Yeah. It was the worst sporting event I've seen live. Yeah. Professional, amateur, (laughs) the rec center. It was a terrible product. Yeah. And, you know, so that like that was a miserable experience. I was like, I'm ready to leave at halftime. So yeah. not all sporting experiences are great. But right. then I've even gone to something as simple as an NASL game. That's mm-hmm. like minor league soccer. Yeah. In the 11 in college. Yeah. And me and my friends would go tailgate the game. Exactly. Like it was Super Bowl. It's like it. it's all about yeah. the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was a small club in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and they played at like a college's yeah. like, track and field, literally. Yeah. It was a track that was around it. <laughs> and they had just the most fun, like crazy fan section yeah. right behind one of the nets. And That's we so were fun. screaming and chanting the whole yeah. game. And it was like $10 tickets. Right. It like just it's some, just such a good time. I had in exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, so, and you know, like it's funny so, you know, you mentioned, you know, me being able to just like stick with my teams because one thing you mentioned when we were talking about, you know, recording this episode is that we are more patient with sports teams than we are with like relationships with actual people. Um, and that's it's the truth. Quote. I don't know who said it. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but like, it's true because I mean, I just look back on the history of the Grizzlies and like I think I tweeted this not too long ago because I'm like I'm so mad that everyone loves the Grizzlies now like it's great but it's also so annoying because I've been given so much crap for being a Grizzlies fan for freaking 25 years and now now they're good and everybody's like oh my god I love the Grizzlies I love John Moran I'm like no 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 where were you when we had freaking Birdman okay like hey Birdman's a champion in Miami so come for him sure sure wasn't uh at the Grizzlies Um, no but I mean I know what you're saying because as a Bengals fan it's always been like why are you a Bengals fan you know yeah exactly people when I introduce it's like they want you to give up on them yeah, exactly. And people always ask me, like, you know, you've I've been to Cincinnati, but it was actually for a Miami Hurricanes football game. Yeah. You know, I've never seen the Bengals play in person besides in Miami. Yeah. It, what we lost. Like, right. you know, people are like, why, why do you feel the need to stick with this team? And I'm yeah. just like, 
I, it's just my team. But, I, they're I've your team. Yeah. So long now. Exactly. That I almost treat it like family that as if I right. didn't choose them. And with the Bengals, I actually didn't choose them. That was pure fate. Yeah. And a sticker machine. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, so for people that don't know is I was uh, – I used to play peewee football. We were sponsored by a restaurant. We'd go there after the games, and we would eat for discounted price. And all my friends are, like, talking about their teams, who they like. And yeah. I'm just kind of sitting there like, I mean, I like this guy, and I like that guy. I typically yeah. just root for former Hurricanes players. Right, exactly. And so I went over to, like, one of those quarter machines where, like, you could get a tattoo mm-hmm. or a sticker. Oh, I loved those sticker machines. Oh yeah, every now and then if I've got spare change, I'll grab something. Yeah, just roll the dice. Like and you'd put so, like you'd put them in there and like push it in and like have to like yeah, yank yeah. it back out because it gets stuck. Yep. yep. <laughs> exactly. So I told myself I was like, whatever comes out of there that wasn't the Dolphins, because my dad and uncle had said the Dolphins had them waste their money on season tickets for so long that we could root for anyone that wasn't them. <laughs> so I was like, okay, any sticker that's not the Dolphins will be my team. Um innocent eight-year-old me pulled out a striped helmet threw this (laughs) sticker on my door and it stayed there until we sold the apartment like a year ago oh man so yeah so i mean through thick and thin i have stuck by the bangles and it's it's been pretty rough yeah but 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 that's your team i mean i've got friends that you know that live um close to cleveland and i mean they're they're they've always been Cavs fans they've always been browns fans like always win lose whatever um and you know like that's how I've been with the Grizzlies I mean in like the highs and the lows of freaking trades and you know like the different ownership that we've had the coaches that we've had I mean it has been absolute chaos and like now we're in a great spot but you know like I mean god forbid we you know we, it, this is not going to happen because they're going to throw every penny they have at John Morant. But say he went somewhere else, I'm still going to be a Grizzlies fan. I mean, the way I, I don't expect it out of job because of the type of person that right. he yeah. appears to be from everything we know. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the James Harden that's going to say, that he yeah, would just I be want like, that contract. Yeah. Yeah. And then the he next wants day, to like, see hey, this through. That. Yeah. yeah. I, and honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it sucked that like, yeah, the Heat couldn't mm-hmm. beat the Bucks and go on and win the title or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's also cool to see that Milwaukee, Wisconsin has a championship right, now exactly. for the first time since Kareem walked through. Right, there. exactly. So, and know, the, it's, like it's it, cool. the, seeing these, and, and like even with the Super Bowl, seeing these teams like succeed that aren't full yeah. of like the stars and that aren't like the yeah. typical winners, right? Like I love. I love seeing that. It's not even necessarily the Cinderella story because I feel like when people do the whole Cinderella story thing, that's kind of discounting these teams' hard work, right? Yeah. Because the whole, like, Cinderella, it's like you wave a magic wand and it happened. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I mean, like, the Bengals season last season, that was a rough season for them because – Joe Burrow got hurt, like, like mentally, emotionally, they were just, like, down on their luck, whatever. Um, Then they got that killer draft pick. And, you know, look at them now. Um, But, but it's just, it's, I don't know, like it, it proves, it just shows us a lot about resiliency. You know, the Grizzlies are really known for their grit and grind mentality, right? And they're not the grit and grind like era anymore. Now they're Grizzlies next generation because literally the entire team is younger than both me and you. Um, And it makes me feel very elderly. Um, (laughs) But, but. Maybe, well, maybe there's a couple guys that are your age. Anyway, I think Steven Adams Steven might Adams. be your age. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Adams. Um, but, but still, he's the old, he's the literally the oldest on the team. 
Um, wow. Yeah. And so, like, you know, you've got all these young guys, and, but, like, you know, back in, you know, when it was Tony Allen and Zach Randolph and Mar- uh, Mark Gasol, Mike Conley, all them, like, that was this era of, like, no one believed in us and then we beat the freaking Spurs you know in the playoffs and you know like we just had this mentality of like keep going and I feel like that's like the heart of Memphis too that's the heart of like this city that like has known for so much right and they take on the identity of the city and kind of vice versa exactly you know like if if a team is suddenly doing well it energizes the city and then the exactly. city gets behind the team, and then hopefully you create that culture. And that's, I mean, that's what Memphis is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is exactly what Memphis is. Like, it is like, like these teams like become like the heartbeat of the city, and you know, like, so there's so much negative, like when you talk about Memphis, you know, with, um, you know, the the history with the civil rights movement and with you know the death of martin luther king jr and like all of that is still very prominent in memphis oh yeah but having this as like a as a unifying mechanism is amazing you know like i was reading you a quote before we got started about how you know like when you go to a game you're not you know like you're not worried about anything socioeconomic when you're at that game oh, yeah. you're, not you're sitting there like, i wonder what joe biden's doing tonight right exactly you're like you i'm care. here to see my team to watch some exactly some ball, like, like for that hockey. for that like period of time whatever game it is whatever sporting event it is you're there to just enjoy that and just like let go of that and it's yeah. like it's that's the one time that you can do that you know and i think that's really special and you know I was, I was telling you too, you know, this is, um, I mean, everybody knows this has been like a crazy last year or so for me, but like it, I've gotten to do more stuff with my brother because of sports games, you know, like now, you know, he, like he texted me when I was in Memphis for, um, for Thanksgiving and was like, Hey, let's go to the Memphis game. And then when, um, I was there, or no, yeah, then when the Titans were playing in the playoffs, he texted me, and he was like, hey, do you want to go to the playoffs game? And I was like, yes. And then he texted me earlier today and was like, hey, like, when's the next time you're coming home? Like, let's go to a Grizzlies game together. Like, that's, like, our our thing. And, I mean, he was the the mascot at University of Memphis when he was there. Like, I mean, sports has always, like, been been a thing for me and my dad and my brother. You know, everybody that's, that's listened to the podcast knows that my dad played football, you know, we did that whole episode where he talked about that. And, and so, you know, for me being the only girl, I mean, obviously there's my mom, but my mom grew up around boys too. Like she was into sports. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to hang, like I've got to learn about this stuff. And so, you know, (laughs) here we are. And, you know, with Memphis, with Memphis Tigers, it, that's been a very dark journey too. Like, you know, we had the Calipari era, which screwed John Calipari, freaking jerk he sucks um so anyway i don't have very strong feelings about john calipari um yeah right um but you know we had the calipari era and then you know he just left like a thief in the night um and didn't you know it's fine and we got our assistant coach became our head coach josh pastner and he's a very nice guy 
but you can't, when you're like coaching at that level and when you're coaching the kind of kids that you're coaching, you can't be like, I remember seeing one time a kid missed a shot and he looked at him and he gave him a thumbs up and he was like, that's okay. Just try it again. And I'm like, sir, you cannot coach these kids like that. Like that's not, yeah, there's a fine line between with like, like encouragement hey, and like coddling. Up. Right. You know? Yeah. I would just be like, Hey, take a deep breath. Right. Hit this next shot. You know, you can do this, but exactly. to be like, yeah, yeah like, you no, just keep going. No, Josh. Yeah. And so, so we had, we had, you know, the Josh Pastner era. And then I think right after Pastner left is when we got Tubby Smith. And that just was silly. And, but now we have Penny Hardaway. And so for those of you and that don't that know, it has its ups and downs. It does. Yeah. But the thing about Penny is so for those of you that don't know, Penny Hardaway, um, he played at University of Memphis. Um, one of our may may be our most well known player to ever come well, out of the U of M. Yeah, that's true, Derek Rose. So yeah, like they're right about right there. about he's on the same there. level. Yeah, if he's not first, he's second. Yeah, right. So like, yeah, him and Derek Rose, pretty interchangeable. Um, but yeah, like so, Penny he he played at University of Memphis, then he went on to play in the NBA. Um, I think most notably for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, that's um, what he's most known for. And then, I mean, he, like, I mean, he was very well known in the NBA. Like, you know, he had his little Penny cartoon and, like, that whole thing. Like, it was just, like, it was a whole thing. And then when he retired, he came back to Memphis and he started coaching at East High School, coaching basketball. And East High School has a terrible reputation in Memphis of being, like, just, like, nobody really cares there. Like nobody cares about those kids. Like, Oh, whatever. Like they're just kids from the street. Like, no, you know, they don't have any, you know, any purpose in life. And like Penny was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Like I'm going to use athletics to give these kids like something positive to focus on. Like they may not have a good home life. They may not think they have a future, but I'm going to like for the time that they are on my team, like I'm going to like, they're going to go to class. They're going to do their homework. They're going to focus. They're going to be in school, like all of this. And like giving these kids structure and, And so, like, the the test scores improved, like, the team improved, like, that school improved. It's It was just – it was really, really cool to see. And then now, you know, he's the head coach of the University of Memphis where he graduated from. And so, like, again, like you said, you know, it's been highs and lows with him as the coach. But it's, like, the heart of that it's Penny. Yeah. It's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like it's our guy. With more yeah. Because he's like because you said, he he's your guy. So much. He's from Memphis, mm-hmm. went to Memphis, yeah. came back to Memphis, mm-hmm. took a job. He just at a cares. High school yeah. He didn't need to. Exactly. He's assuming he's still a millionaire, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. He has some of oh, the mo- yeah. most popular sneakers that are out there. Yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah, still. So yeah. you know, it's it just shows that sports, you know, it's it's a way to bond with people right. and a millionaire can humble himself to work mm-hmm. with people in a exactly. low income area exactly. because there's that bonding of sports. Yeah. And, that you know, that common denominator. One another, exactly. you know, they, they help one another grow and yeah. it provides stability for a lot of kids. And I mean, I couldn't imagine my life without sports. I mean, my home life wasn't great for most people that listen to this podcast. You've probably heard me talk about it, Yeah, but I always knew that like, okay, I could at least go to practice and like, escape for mm-hmm. two hours from reality or okay I've got two games this week and you right. know I can at least look forward to that like that's gonna there be was something there. positive for you to focus on absolutely 
Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, my friend Tim is actually going to come on, um, at some point, um, and talk. He, um, I'm not sure exactly what his role is, if he's head coach or if he's a teacher and a coach or what specifically he's doing. I'll let him speak to that when he comes on, but, um, he wants to come on and talk about like how athletics like helps kids and like changes their lives. So we'll save, we'll save more of that for Tim. Yes, exactly. We'll save it for Tim. Yeah, we don't want to take. So Tim, Tim, if you're listening, we don't want to take that from you, but the pressure's on now. So (laughs) he's a Pelicans fan, so I'm sure he's ready to come on and yell about how happy he is. No, they got CJ. Yeah, they got CJ McCollum. I I love CJ. I'm a big CJ fan. Me too. So that was, that was a surprising get. So, yeah, I think that's, that'll be a good, like veteran presence for them and, he has a great podcast. He's a super mature guy. Yeah, if people for sure. Listen to CJ It'll be really cool. I think I think he'll be good for that locker yeah. room and hopefully for that franchise. I think so, so too. Well, and um, you know, it's funny, kind of sports brought us together. You know, like yeah. So how I I mean I don't know if you even know this full story. So Challenge Mania podcast they were doing. Um, it was the um, NBA Finals when the Raptors were in the finals. Um, okay. And so obviously Marcus Hall, you know, I was hyped up, and so yeah. um, they were doing like a like a you know fantasy draft thing for like the finals, and so mm-hmm. I like you know signed up. I think it was on DraftKings or whatever, and I signed up and like I put a screenshot of my lineup on my Instagram story. Tag Scott Yeager. Um, and was like, you know, not a one forever, you know, like had to draft Marcus all, whatever. So mm-hmm. posted on my story, Scott reshared it. Zach from Smashing Heads DM'd me and was like, Hey, from it was from the Smashing Heads account and was like, Hey, are you a Grizzlies fan? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> and he was like, We have a challenge podcast, but we also have a Grizzlies podcast, blah blah blah. So I became a patron of Smashing Heads. And the patrons smashing heads like ha- are all in this Slack group, and Dylan Grimm was in the Slack group, and we became friends. And then you know, like that's how I'm. I'm pretty sure that's how I met Paul Butler and Paul Shaler and Katie and Carrie and Robin that y'all have heard about. And I mean, that's how I met Austin too. Like it's yeah, just, I, I mean, mean, Hannah, you know, like that I've become you know good friends with. Like it's just, it's so funny thinking about how. I mean, like, literally the Grizzlies brought some of my, like, most cherished people into my life. Like, how funny is that, right? Yeah, just something as crazy as you being in this Challenge Mania draft thing, and you're like, right. I'm just going with my Grizzlies like, guy. Scott's like, I'm going to yeah. share it. Zach Mark Gasol it. made this happen. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy, just but wild, it's right? Just something that small. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's also a Grizzlies Challenge fan exactly. to, like, want Zach mm-hmm. to, like, reach out, you exactly. know, to even... Say, like, hey, we're out here. We exist, too. Yeah, (laughs) right. Like, yeah, there are more of us. It's just – and it's really special because, like, even – and, like, people who are listening to this that aren't sports fans, like, I know that, like, they can relate to – like, everybody's got something that, like, that's their thing, right? Whether it's sports, whether it's, like, you know, a show like The Challenge that you watch um, or any other show, like, everybody's got something that, like – when they are a part of that, they feel the sense of camaraderie. And, and for, for us, that's sports, you know, like that's our teams. And, um, and I don't know, I just think it's special that like we live in a day and age where like something as 
like seemingly simple as a sports team can be like, I mean, even healing for some people, you know, like there, there are people I know that, you know, they're a fan of a certain sports team because it was their grandpa's favorite team or one of their parents' favorite teams and their parents no longer here. And that's like a way that they can still feel bonded with them and like that stuff. That's big for me too. Like, I mean, I definitely like, I always think of my dad when I'm going to hurricanes tailgates because that's what we grew up. Like I grew up doing that, Yeah, you know, seven Saturdays of the season yeah, right. where we would go down to little Havana and park in someone's yard and mm-hmm. tailgate and <laughs> go to these games. And I'd ride back home in the bed of the tailgate of the yeah. truck, like, you know, just like all these awesome moments. And it's like win or lose, like those are things that I'll never forget. And yeah. I think, I think and from what we were saying earlier too, like sports, it just prov- it provides a sense of like community and belonging. Yeah. yeah. And an example of that is like, you know, how, you know, you ended up finding your way into the Slack chat, but I mean, probably half of the people that follow mm-hmm. me on my Twitter are people that I've never met in person or might've interacted with once or twice yeah. at a Hurricanes game, but they're all Hurricanes fans mm-hmm. and Hurricanes fans, especially on Twitter, refer to themselves as Canes fam. So just mm-hmm. Canes and fam together. Mm-hmm. And I've genuinely seen quote unquote Canes fam do like incredible things yeah. for people within the community. People that could be across the country, not even like living locally. Yeah. And they're going through something major and they need to raise money. Mm-hmm. And it's like within five hours, we've doubled what they were, what their goal was. Yeah. You know, someone passed away tragically and we raised $80,000 to mm-hmm. be put away for his daughter for college. Yeah, I remember These that. People yeah. that like, we don't really, mm-hmm. inter- like some people might overlap, but right. Most but of like, you're not just, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, this and, little community. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know if it's like that for, you know, a, a ton of sports fan bases, but I'm sure it is for others. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's cool that, like you said, like no matter, I mean, I have people that follow me on there that are Hurricanes fans that put up with my political beliefs <laughs> when I know that they don't agree with them. And right. I put up with theirs when I know, you know, we don't agree, but. Because you have this, like, commonality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When we show up to tailgate and we show Mm -hmm. up to go to the game, you look to the person to your left, your right, in front of you, behind you, and as long as they're wearing your colors, they're family for that. Yeah, you're not worried about their religion, their political views, what kind of house they live in, what job they make, what tax bracket they're in. No, like, we all celebrate the same. (laughs) Leave that in the car. Exactly. Yeah, leave that all in the car. Exactly. and We're I feel all here like to it's have a like, damn good time. yeah, and it's just like it's a way to just like get away from it, you know, to just like escape that because, you know, it's so easy to get so bogged down in things, and sometimes it's good to just. I mean, there are sometimes where like I just can't even stand like the TV anymore, so like I'll put on a game, and I don't, e- I won't even care what game it is, but like. There's just a game on and it's like, I don't know. And like, I guess part of it too, like now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of it is like, those are the sounds I grew up with in my house. (laughs) You know, there was always like a whistle blowing or like sneakers squeaking on the floor, you know? And so like, cause my dad was always watching a game. And so I guess that's like almost a comfort thing. Like that I didn't even realize until now is that like, I, I prefer that as background noise just because like, that's what that's, like yeah and that's and for me too growing up like a lot of friends would be like oh you know you didn't watch cartoons on saturday morning as a kid and i'm like (laughs) no like what were you watching it's like if we weren't going to the game right we were watching a game and 
most of the time we were tailgating and doing like, yep. so I, I didn't have those moments as a kid. Like I was always, as long as I can remember, I was born into being a sports fan. And what's funny is my yeah. mom said, my dad, my dad didn't care about team sports at all <laughs> until he knew that they were going to have a boy. Oh. And then he decked my room out. Yeah. And it just so happened to be that South Florida happened to add a baseball team and a hockey team the year I was born. It so was just meant to be. Stuff, all my stuff in my room was 1993 established year of these teams. And That's established so year cool. Yeah. And so. That's awesome. Know, I, yeah. I just, I grew up with it. And I've never thought like it was forced on me. I've always loved yeah. it as much. And it was because it was something that my dad and I shared. You know, mm-hmm. my mom didn't go to the games. My sister didn't go to the games. Maybe once in yeah. a blue moon. But that was but like, it was y'all's it was thing. thing. Yeah. Exactly. And so that for me is like why I am so passionate about the hurricanes yeah. and like the heat is because I remember my dad letting me stay up late, <laughs> you know, way past my bedtime to watch this game. And we're yeah. both on the edge of the couch and we're biting right. the tails and <laughs> we're pacing. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, it's just a game on Tuesday night. Why, why, why does it matter so much? It's your team. It just does. Yeah. It just does. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, to- I mean, I, I totally awesome. get that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like on the other side of that, too, though, which this kind of dips into, you know, what me and Paul Butler talked about, about, you know, toxic fandoms and stuff. There are toxic, you know, fan bases of sports teams. I mean, every single sports team has those toxic, you know, fan every bases. Every team. Every team. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a very small little yeah. bit. Every single team has those people that are just ugly. Um, And, you know, like, I mean, the biggest one for me, like, I mean, when I think of toxic fan base, immediately comes to mind is Ole Miss. And so, like, so for anybody who doesn't know, Ole Miss is the University of Mississippi. They used to be the Rebels. I don't know what they're freaking, I think they're like, I think they're still the Rebels, but it's not. they changed the mascot to to a a land shark. A land shark, yeah. But they're but still they the rebels, still go right? By the rebels. Yeah, they just like don't the have the rebels too. I yeah, think, something like they, that. They've gotten less racist. Yeah, well, with the name, well, <laughs> with, the name with the name, uh, because like so, I mean, everybody knows like the you know the demographics of the University of Memphis, and so Memphis and Ole Miss would play each other every year when I was growing up. Like one year we would go to Oxford, the next year would be at Memphis, and. Like, I mean, some of those games were, like, I mean, because I was young, some of those games were, like, the first time, like, I saw, like, violent racism. Like, not just, like, words or whatever, but, like, I mean, they beat us one year, and we were walking back to, like, where we had parked, and one of the fraternity houses had, like, like, dummies, like, hanging from the trees. Like, it was awful. It was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and crazy. like that, that was a big thing for me is like, that was one of the first times where I was just like, cause I mean, I was, I had to have been in elementary school and I was just like, what the heck is wrong with people? You know, like what, yeah. this is a football team. Um, but you know, I mean, there's people like that all over the place and, you know, we see this with like, you know, I mean, we see it with professional sports, we see it with college sports and like, especially with the, with the college sports, like these are kids, like they are children, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and I think people forget that. And, you know, the things you that people put on social point, media, right, exactly. It's the things crazy. that people say, and it's like, that is a child, like, 
it is a game and that is a child. And like, of course, like, you know, things happen in games and I get frustrated, but I'm not going to threaten somebody's life or like tell them I hope they die or something like that. And like, yeah, even professional sports, it gets like that. People get so intense about their teams. And like, I mean, you know, I'm not, I mean, like, I don't like Tom Brady. I like him better now. I, well, I like him ever since he left Bill Belichick. Sorry, so, sorry Everybody to Paul Butler, him. but I'm not sorry He's either. such a likable person since leaving New England. Right. That if somebody tells me they don't like Tampa Bay, Tom, I simply do yeah. not. Yeah, I feel like that's it's two different people. You know what I mean? And he, so I, it's the freed version of Tom. Yeah, Brady. he was able to spread his wings. Yeah, and so like I, yeah, like I liked that version of him. Um, but you know, like I still would never send him death threats or would never, you know, like wish harm on him or any of his family or anything yeah. like that. You know, like. I like, yeah. you know, Ryan Tannehill like really made me mad in the Bengals game because, you know, how do you sack Joe Burrow nine times and you still lose a game? Like, no offense, but like, yeah. we should like, and on the other hand, I was like, you guys need to give him a lifetime contract, you know? Right. Yeah. Because, because he, because he was that. your quarterback too that night. <laughs> we had two quarterbacks that night. Yeah. Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill. And like, here's the thing. Would I love for Ryan Tannehill to not play for the Titans anymore and for us to have a better quarterback? Absolutely. It's not going to happen because we owe him too much money and there's nobody that we can afford that's any good. Um, and that's okay. You know, like we're, we're going to make so it you work. you want to support him. Exactly. You know, exactly. You're, I'm you're not going to be like, oh, screw it. you. I hope your family dies. Like, but there yeah. are people on Twitter, the mean things that I've heard people say about Ryan Tannehill, like, like his character as a person. And I'm like, okay, he is a freaking nice guy he's a fantastic he's a nice guy and like i mean like is he the best football player in the world no like the dolphins didn't want him like (laughs) you know like that says so much about you but that doesn't mean that like you know you should treat somebody poorly and like you know me and paul talked about that with the challenge and with all these all these different shows is like you should not treat somebody a certain way because of like how they played or, you know, like mm-hmm. the things that people were saying about OBJ before he went to the Rams. Oh, oh my Lord. Well, even what they were saying when he tore his ACL in the Super yeah. Bowl. It was, I mean, I have a good uh, a good friend of mine who is a Browns fan. Yeah. And he's a, uh, he puts out Browns content in terms of podcasts mm-hmm. and breakdowns yeah. and things. So if he tweets something and it's, you know, any bit controversial yeah. towards the Browns, it'll blow up. And so I see all because he's like OBJ owes us nothing. Right. He doesn't need to come out and talk about no. like, oh, why was he suddenly good? Why this? Like exactly. And, and people were cheering that he got hurt, and it's like, that's are you so, really, yeah. That could that's, like that's we don't know how bad it's that. Too toxic. Yeah. Well, and like at that point, you know, when it first happened, like nobody knew how bad it was. Yeah, we didn't like know. that could. It, I mean, and we still don't really know how it's going to affect his career long term. You yeah, because he's a like, free agent now. Exactly. And who's going to want to sign a free agent who's who they know? Yeah, who ACL. just got hurt in the Super Bowl, right? Exactly. Yeah, he's not going to be ready until at, at the earliest, ha- probably halfway through next season. Exactly. So, and so, so yeah, it's like you don't want to yeah. wish, ne- but like I mean, the things that people were saying about him is that he's washed up, that he's like a piece of crap, that he's a thug, he's and I'm, I'm like, yeah, he's I'm this, like, stop! Like you, you don't know this yeah. person as a human being. You just know like what your perception is based off of like 
the way he plays a sport? Like, no, no. Yeah. And I think I think the issue with that is that's when your sports fandom mm-hmm. turns from a hobby and a passion into an identity. Yeah, and that like if and, you and with identify anything, with yes. the sports team or yeah. anything like yeah. you're saying. When that becomes your identity and, like, the main thing known about you, like, I went to high school with a kid. I knew him as Sean. I was friends with him. But everyone else just knew him as the Green Bay Packers kid. Oh, God. Because it's all he ever wore every single day. that was, like, that was his identity. Yeah, like, and then it's, like, anytime you talk to him, all he talks about is the Packers. It's, like, what are you doing? You know, so I think the people that react – to someone cheering against their sports team so mm-hmm. aggressively and so toxic yeah is they're identifying in it and mm-hmm. they feel that it is a personal attack on them right and that's that's, and that's, that's a mess yeah well yeah. and like i mean it's like i mean i've talked about this on the podcast a time it's like when you choose to make your identity anything other than you being yourself and i've been guilty of that i mean i've talked about that plenty like you know, I've been guilty of changing myself to be what I think other people want me to be. And, you know, Mm -hmm. thankfully, I've realized that habit and I've broken that habit. And I don't don't do that anymore. Um, You know, it's been a lot of a lot of work and a lot of therapy to get me to this point. But hey, we're here. But like, (laughs) when you when you find your identity in a sports team, in a TV show, in another person, in a relationship, in, you know, your music taste, whatever it may be, when you when you base your identity around something that is not just you and what you enjoy and like you and who you are as a person, it's going to become an issue. You know, it might not seem like it at first and like, Oh, it's so funny. Like you're the person that like, this is all we know about you is you like this, but then it just becomes toxic and it like eats your life up. And like, I mean, you know, you're sitting here, you know, talking about this, like you mentioned this guy years and years later, you still remember that you're not the only one who still remembers that, you know? And like, you know, I'm sure, and like you said, you actually knew him. Like, I'm sure he was like a great guy that like was, you know, great to be friends with. But like a lot of people probably didn't take the chance to get to know him because they were like, no, I don't want to hear about the freaking Packers. Like, yeah. And they're like, why is he wearing Packers stuff all day? And like, right. Like what? Is exactly. Oh, the same Jersey again. Yeah. You know? And it's like, something's off with this guy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, pretty normal. He just really likes the Packers. He just is really you know? into the Packers. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so outside, so we've talked about, you know, like what, what our sports teams mean to us. We've talked about like the toxic side of things and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, so I don't know, this might be difficult to do, but put yourself in the shoes of someone who is not a part of like sports culture, right? That like is not a part of this I have, realm. I have a couple of friends yeah. who are very far removed from the sports yeah. world. So how can you help them understand like why like why does why do sports matter so much to people? Like yeah, what would you I say mean, to like those I people? Would say, I mean, well, I think it's the instant community that comes with it. Yeah. Like I said, when you show up and you sit and you get to your seat and the people around you as long as they're wearing the same colors, it's it's an instant connection on yeah. some level. And you feel comfortable to maybe speak to them in some capacity mm-hmm. or to at least celebrate with them when something good happens yeah. in the game. You know, so I think there's that instant connection. And I mean, for instance, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina when mm-hmm. I was moving down across the country mm-hmm. wearing this T-shirt, walking into Fridays just to yeah. get some food to go. And some dude throws up the U 
And he's like, oh, it's all about the you, baby. And he's like laughing at his friend. And he's like, look at his shirt. And then on the way out, he's like, I appreciate you for wearing that shirt, man. He's like, I don't see it often around here. I love that. And it was just like. Yeah. It just made you feel good. Yeah, like I felt good. And I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, man, you know what? Have a good night, dude. It was good talking to you. I I don't know this. That camaraderie. felt like. If he asked me to sit down and get a drink, I would. Yeah. And we probably would be fast friends. Yeah. You know? And it's so just that, that easy camaraderie. Yeah. It, it's it's a sense of instant community. Yeah. And connection to someone else. Yeah. Um, I think And we crave that as, as well, human beings. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people as well. So, like, if you're trying to explain to someone that doesn't understand that, you know, your fandom and yeah. your level of it, however yeah. high hard it may be. And for me, it's like, I try to tell people, like, I was born into this, like, Same. rooting for the Miami Hurricanes and the Miami Heat. Like, it's all, I, I don't remember a time in life where we didn't. Yeah. And so, for me, sports was almost like my family's religion. Mm-hmm. My family was not religious. We didn't go to church. Yeah. We celebrated Christmas. We celebrated Hanukkah. Because my dad's side was Christian. My mom's side was Jewish. But yeah. So you got um, all the gifts. Was, yeah, tons of gifts. <laughs> but like, you know, we didn't have like our religion and our, we didn't go to church on Sunday morning yeah. to lunch, but we did do something where we went and tailgated every Saturday and called yeah. a game. That was like y'all's family togetherness. Exactly. Yeah. On Sunday morning, we weren't going to church or turning on Joel Olstein on the TV. We were turning on the Sunday, the Sunday morning football countdown, you know? Right. You know, and so it's... you know in that aspect it's it's all I've known yeah and it's so ingrained in like who I am as a person that I I I just I can't imagine a point in my life where like my teams aren't one of the most important things in my life for sure well and I think I think too you know like I think it it just says a lot too of like all the different role models that exist in athletics you know, like, so, like, whether it's for adult men or adult women or children, like, there are so many players that, like, they do more than just play the game. You know, Absolutely. like, they, they're, they, you know, have created charity organizations. I mean, like, you know, I'm not the biggest LeBron, LeBron fan, but he funded a freaking school. And yeah. no one can see the video, but Grim's cat. It's just walking back and forth. He wants me to pet him, and he's trying to lay on the, on the laptop. Just relax, buddy. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, I mean, even, you know, like, we're not the biggest fans of LeBron necessarily because But he, he does a lot for other people. But, yeah, he does a lot. And another person that I think doesn't get the credit that I'm going to give to here now. Kevin Durant. Well, I love KD. <laughs> but, no, Jalen Rose. Not a lot of You're people. You're right. You're right. My, you know, Jalen Rose is most commonly known for giving up 81 points to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But Jalen was only guarding him for like 50 of that. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't the full 80 piece. But Jalen wasn't a guy that was necessarily a superstar at the NBA level. He was right. a superstar in college with, mm-hmm. with Michigan mm-hmm. and the Fab Five. But, you know, he didn't have the most money in the league. Right. And afterwards, he, he's not a Hall of Fame guy. He's right. Not gonna he wasn't the flashiest guy. guy. Yeah. But he, you know, he grew up, his dad was a professional NBA player, mm-hmm. but was never in his life at any point until he died in a couple months before they had spoken. Yeah. So he grew up very low income, mm-hmm. single parent home, single mom. Right. And instantly after he was done, first thing was 
now how can I give back? Exactly. You know, sports was my ticket out of this bad situation. So how can I give somebody else a ticket? How can I give yep. someone else that opportunity? Maybe, you know, maybe instead of just being the one kid like myself that got that ticket, mm-hmm. let me see if I can get five of these kids yep, out here. Yeah, exactly. And so he started the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, yep. which don't quote me on it, but I know that it is funded by him far more than, for instance, LeBron's Academy is funded by yep. LeBron. Yeah. So... Um, a lot of LeBron stuff is the city of Cleveland or wherever it is. Yeah, and they got they got sure. they got some grant funding and stuff like that. Yeah, some yeah. grant funding and stuff. So, but still, LeBron was the person who was like, "Hey, oh yeah, you guys need yeah, what, however much to build it and get it going. Sure. Let me do that." So, yeah. props to him. But Jalen's Academy, like, it home. is funded by oh, yeah. Jalen. I mean, I'm sure they get grants yeah. and I'm sure they have you know other contributors yeah, too. But like, and things, but, but the big base of it is mm-hmm. Jalen's Jalen's bank account. Yeah. And, and, and no, and I'm not going to say nobody knows about that, but most people, right. even most, most NBA fans yeah. do not know that that's a right. Thing. I guarantee you there's going to be people that hear this and be like, Oh wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think of, for those that don't know, um, the NFL every year now, recently they do the award show. Yeah. Uh, they always have done awards, but now mm-hmm. they make it like an actual show. Yeah. And the last award they give out of the night is the most important one. And it's not the MVP award. Right. It is the Walter Payton Man mm-hmm. of the Year Award. Yep. And there's a nominee from every single team in the NFL. Yep. And it is a player that basically was just beyond selfless and gave back to their community in a in an above and beyond capacity. Yep. And it's just so cool that I think that the NFL, for so many of their faults, is pushing this and emphasizing this, and they give you that patch on your jersey yep. and that sticker on your helmet. And it's like, holy crap, that's a Walter Payton Man of the Year. And to even be nominated for it right. is such an honor. It's a huge you know, it's, honor, yep. And it's, you know, and you don't necessarily need money to give back to sports in that area. You could volunteer as a coach at a local league and yep. all these different things, but it can yep. just give so many people right. a, a new opportunity that they otherwise exactly. didn't have without that. Well, and I pulled up uh, the the Man of the Year uh, information, so – Something that's cool um, that I didn't realize, the winner of the award gets $250,000 donated to the charity of their choice. And then all other 31 nominees receive up to $40,000 donated to the charity of their choice. All all donations courtesy the NFL Foundation and Nationwide. Um, like the I didn't insurance. know that. Um, so I'm looking to to Andrew see. Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth won it this year for the Rams. Oh, that's what so I was going to Big year for Andrew Whitworth. He uh, yeah. won Walter Payton Man of the Year yeah. and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And in his in his acceptance speech, mm-hmm. I want to say his name was Derek Barnes. He's a first, yeah, second, right. third-year player. Yeah. Um, he was in the crowd. And when he was a kid back in, I want to say it was in Cincinnati because Whit played in Cincy for many years. He went to a Boys and Girls Club, and Derek Barnes was a, you know, a child that went to that yeah. Boys and Girls Club. And he credited – like Whitworth's, you know, mentorship to him and conversations with him for being a huge reason why he made it out of his situation and is in the NFL to this day. Yeah. And it's like that, that was a, a small interaction at a boys and girls club mm-hmm. and it changed this person's life from sports. Yep. Like, well, and the, like Derek, so Derek Henry was nominated from um, the Titans and I mean, Titans, yeah. everybody knows how much I love Derek Henry. Like that's no secret. Um, and, and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. That's not why I love Derrick Henry. 
I love Derrick Henry like the man. Like he is just he's one yeah. of those people that you're just like that's a good like that is a solid dude. I've never like he gets frustrated on the field, but he never acts like an asshole to his teammates. Like oh, yeah. and so um let's see here. I pulled up some of the stuff. So in March 2021, he made a $10,000 donation from his two all foundation to Jeremy Taylor, a Nashville firefighter who lost his home and all of his belongings in a fire. Following that in July, 2021 for the fourth consecutive year, he hosted a back to school event in his hometown. And I mean this, there are pages and pages of 10,000 here, 20,000 oh, yeah. there of just like, and, 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 you know, that's not just to call out Derrick Henry because there's anything special about Derrick Henry, because there's so many players who are doing this and there's so many players that, you know, like that have come from like a, a rough background that, you know, a rough childhood. And they're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to prevent other kids from not feeling like they have an opportunity. And, um, you know, the, uh, in Memphis, they have like the Grizzlies charter school and a lot of the players like go and they work with kids and like, you know, the, the players do, there's the NBA cares foundation, you know, where all these players oh, of all yeah. these different teams like work with kids. And so like, it's very hands-on in all of these, these sports of how these, these guys and, um, even women, you know, get involved in, you know, but like even so outside of like the hands-on Florence philanthropy that is such a hard word for me to say I don't know why philanthropy um outside of like just seeing that and seeing charity work and stuff like that like being a kid and having somebody that you can watch on tv and it's not only your player that you're like man they're awesome like on the court or on the field like you can look up to them you know off of the field too and like you know me as as a woman, I don't watch a lot of women's sports. Like I just it's and I have nothing. I one thousand percent have nothing against women's sports. We're not going to get into that. Don't tweet about it. Uh, don't, don't tweet, tweet about, about it. it. No, they'll come for you. No, I have nothing against women's sports. I just grew up watching men's sports. No, like I love like I love women's soccer. I love watching the U.S. women's national team. They're so much oh, fun yeah. to watch. Um, I used to work for the women's soccer team at my college, and yeah. so. I have like a passion for yeah. women's soccer. Like, and, I, I, like I love, I love watching women's soccer um, because that's, I mean, that's, that's really the only woman's sport that I grew up watching. Like I'll, I've, you know, I used to go to softball games at WKU and in high school and stuff. And um, you know, like I, like I've, watch WNBA games. I just, there's not a WNBA team in Memphis. Like there just wasn't, you know, anybody yeah. that I ever followed. And that's literally the only reason, but seeing like, female head coaches, seeing like uh, all the stuff that's come out about the, um, I think it's the the University of Kentucky women's basketball coach who she's been wearing like heels and like really cute outfits and stuff. And like people have been roasting her on the internet. Is this appropriate for a coach? And it's like, no, 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 no. Who cares what she's wearing? Like let her coach her team. Because exactly. Because nobody's saying, well, look at what Penny Hardaway is wearing. Look at what John Calipari is wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like she's so in heels. She exactly. Wants to look good. Exactly. She wants to and that's been her thing is she's like, I'm going to keep doing my thing. So to me, that's inspirational because I see somebody like yeah. that and I'm like, you know what? That's the attitude I need to have about things. It's like, I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I don't need to worry about what anybody else is thinking about me because I guarantee you, John Calipari doesn't listen to what anybody says about him, you know? Oh. And because yeah. people say plenty. And that guy would have quit his job long ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so I, I don't know, like for me, like, you know, so, so she's, she's inspirational to me and, you know, like seeing, you know, like Venus and Serena Williams and like everything that they've done in their careers and like, 
you know, the freaking women's gymnastics team, like, I can't even, like, I could do an entire podcast episode about those girls and, like, how incredible I mean, they are. I, I'm sure there will be numerous movies and documentaries. Oh, yeah, Simone on, Biles. By the, time, by the time we're 50, there's going to yeah. be, like, 20 different things on them. Well, and, like, and like in the midst of, in the midst of, you know, like, being in the freaking Olympics, you know, then right after that, these girls have to go and they have to sit on the stand and they have to talk about, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And, you know, so like just the strength and the bravery and like, but they still like never like just lost this, like this tenacity and this, like, you're not going to ruin my life. Like you're not going to take my joy from me. And like, that's the way that I try to be too, you know? And so like, I mean, Mm -hmm. these girls, they're younger than me, but that doesn't mean I can't still look up to them. And Simone Biles being like, you know what? I am dealing with so much. I can't compete. I cannot compete in the Olympics. And I know that that's letting my team down, but I've got to take care of myself. That was a big like reality check thing for me is I was like, damn, like if Simone Biles can be like, I've got to take care of me. Like, who am I to not do that? You know what I mean? So, like, you know, like, all over the board, I mean, we see this in, you know, in in men's sports and women's sports. Like, we see it all over the board of, like, these players. Like, I'm glad that mental health is becoming more of a conversation, Um, you know, and not, like, this taboo thing, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean – all the games that they play all year long, they're away from their families. Like they're going through so much. They, you know, have this immense, immense pressure on them. And, you know, like at all times. And so like, they're just not allowed to like turn, turn it off and be a person. Right. And so I'm glad these conversations are happening more and, you know, like it's becoming more of a, of a topic of discussion instead of just like something that's like talked about behind closed doors, because I I think that Calvin Ridley. Yeah. uh, Sorry. Like he, he stepped away from the Falcons this year. Mm -hmm. People are like, Oh, well they're having a terrible year. So, you know, it's just easy to walk away. And it's like, I mean, this guy has dreamed, like, right. and worked his whole life mm-hmm. to get to these moments. Exactly. And, yes, he is a good contract now, but, like, you think that he really doesn't want to go out there and prove that he's worth exactly. the contract? And, be, you know, this mm-hmm. was Julio's first year gone. This was supposed to be his year right. to assert his dominance. And, you know, he didn't come back at all this season. He has not confirmed that he's coming back. Right. And people are like, well, what the heck? We need answers. We need answers. And it's like. I mean, just assume he's not coming back until he yeah, says he is. You don't exactly. need to know anything like, more Let him that. have his time. And, yeah, and I guess um, he had posted or a video went out where, like, he was on a boat like, celebrating something. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. were like, oh, so much for being pressed. And it's like, oh, can I, can I not have good moments? <laughs> right? Going, like, you know, obviously don't, don't know anything about depression. <laughs> yeah, it's like, tell me you haven't had a down day without right? you haven't had a down yeah. day yeah well and you I, know and it's just you know like... it's it's it makes me very thankful that conversations surrounding men's mental health are becoming more prominent because I feel like there's this like well men have to be this like tough and strong and can't talk about their feelings and all this stuff that's how I that's how I felt right for so many years of my life yeah I literally like used to tell myself like oh I'm a man men don't cry yeah man up like, right that man up mentality yeah, you know like and it's like no it's okay you can you know so and I mean I you know, you you can cry in the bad, but also cry in the good. Like, I mean, exactly. I cried when the Heat had lost the championship, but I've also cried when we won. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. So, 
Yeah, I think I think it's just cool how, you know, sports can be something just as simple as like turning a game on for entertainment, right? But it can be something as as deep and as powerful as, you know, like you could be having like a low day and your team wins and that's just it gets you yeah. through, right? Or you see an interview with one of yeah. your favorite players and you know, it teaches us a lot about legacy too, you know. Um and like you look at somebody like Kobe Bryant, right? Like tragically no longer here but what did people talk about when Kobe died they talked about for a little bit that he was a great basketball player but they mainly talked about the man Kobe Bryant and his relationship with his with his fellow players his relationship with his friends with his family like the type of man that he was a father yeah Yeah, the mamba mentality exactly the mamba mentality exactly Mm -hmm. it's still inspiring people exactly it's yeah. And it was it, this just know. like, I mean, and it's like seeing the pictures of people outside of the Staples Center and everything like that, like the camaraderie of that and like the impact that this person and people sharing stories and memories and like the things that their families did together and all that stuff. Like, it's just, it's so much more than just a game. Like to some people, it's just a game. It's just, you know, like it's entertainment, whatever. It's a fun time. Yeah, fun exactly. To and that's and totally fine. Yeah. But but to people like us who like we've grown up on it and it's something we're really passionate about, it's so much more than that. And I think yeah. as a whole, athletics, like just athletic culture should be looked at as so much more. Like I know so many people who, you know, even if it's just the Olympics, you know, every couple of years, right? Like that's, that's a, that's a time that it brings so many people together and, you know, so many different yeah. countries and like, you know, like we don't care about, when you ski and shoot a rifle or right but if it's on the freaking olympics hell yeah we're watching it you have our flag on right we want to win yeah we we know your name and we're cheering for you exactly and like Mm -hmm. nobody cares about what sean white's doing like any other time of year but when it's the winter olympics he's everybody's favorite dude you know yeah and i mean i'm sure he i'm sure they're they're fans of i don't know do they have the the winter x games is that that's a thing right I think so. I think that's yeah. what they and do. He also, he also does um, skating as well. That's so right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So he's so, year-round. Marketing yeah. genius. Yeah, he's smart. But, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, there are people that, like, that's their sport. It's like the X Games and stuff. But, like, I don't know. Like, I just – I think in in the world that we live in, the way that our society is – um. I think it's really important. And I said this in like the goals episode, this is something I'm trying to do every day is like just finding little pockets of joy, you know, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. like whether it's just watching a game and like thinking about like, man, like I loved getting to do this with my dad, you know, or like, you know, thinking about those little memories because you're seeing this team with these colors and it makes you think of your dad, you know, or it makes me think of my dad or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that, that can make all the difference. And I think that, you know, more than anything else, like, just like you said, like fostering this sense of like community and togetherness and unity, um, unity in diversity, I think is such a big deal in the way that the world is nowadays. And like, we've got to try to find that wherever we can. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else you want to add to our discussion about Um. sports? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I could talk sports all day. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like um, – oh, there's one thing yeah. that I didn't bring up. It was – my computer restarted, so, of course, I lost a <laughs> You lost all your notes. It was about how 
sports provides hope because we know yeah. there's always going to be another chance. There's oh, always going to be another There's always going to be another season. There will always be another season. Like that always. wait, that wait till next year. Exactly. So Ugh, that even, gave me chills, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like even, you know, even for the yeah. Bengals being eliminated, you know, and we, we didn't win the Super Bowl and it sucked. It was like, okay, after 24, 48 hours, I was like, okay, we're beefing up the offensive line. Right. Like, who are we signing? We've got yeah. money. Okay, this person will probably leave. Right. And then we can get this person in. It's like, man, if yeah. we just have an offensive line, we're yeah. right back in this thing. And yeah. you convince yourself that, like, hold on, like, this like this could be our year. Right, I, mean, I have exactly. friends that are Dolphins fans. They haven't won a title since yeah. the 70s. <laughs> and every single year, they'll look you right in yeah. your eyes. This is our year. Totally honest and say, this is our year. I, th- I think we're doing it. It's yeah. like... You won two games last year. Yeah. What are you talking about? Bless their heart. With a new coach and this and yeah. this. And it's like it's they just, have that hope. It's it's like it's like a timer went off and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, just reset it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that like even if we fall short, mm-hmm. we will be right here again. Well, and, and that's that's something... that's something to think about even with your own life. It's like, okay, you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna have bad days, like things are gonna happen, but like that timer's gonna reset, the season's gonna start over. You're gonna wake exactly. up the next morning and keep going and like work towards your championship, work towards like winning that game. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. if you look at life that way, that's a that's a very positive way to look at things, a very hopeful way to look at yeah. things. So I just I think, yeah, as a whole, so sports you know, for those that are like, I don't understand how you can be so passionate about a sports team. You didn't even play for them. You never even played for them. Or if people get mad if, like, if if you refer to your sports team as us or we. Yeah. And it's like, look, these teams do not exist without the fans. Right. Because if no one is going and no one's buying merch and and no one's watching on TV. Yeah. Guess what? There's then, no money yeah, to be made. Then what are they doing? They will yeah. dissolve and be sold and whatever. So, exactly. You know. Fans are definitely a part. Yeah, we don't get on the field, but we're a part of the team. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, sports provides that that instant connection, that mm-hmm. instant community, that sense of of belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, it has the family ties to it a lot. Sometimes of an escape from life. An escape from reality, whether it be for a few hours a day, mm-hmm. multiple times in a week, right. or it ends up becoming your profession and gets you out of right. a very tough situation. Exactly. You know. Sports can provide you as much as you want it to, really. You can take mm-hmm. a little bit from it, and you can take a ton from it. Right. But I, I think at the end of the day, while there is some toxic you know, sides to it, yeah. I would say as a whole, far more than not, like sports is overwhelmingly positive in so many ways. Yep. I completely agree. Completely agree. So, well, on that, that note... <laughs> This is going to be the year the Hurricanes win a national championship. We're back, baby. Hey, this is going to be the year the Memphis Grizzlies make it past the second round of the playoffs. I'm going to Speak be it into I'm, existence. Listen, I'm I'm going to manifest it, and it's like I'm I'm a very realistic fan. I'm not like we're going to win. We could, yeah. Right now, if we keep on the trajectory that we're going on, oh. and we let Desmond Bain just rock and roll with Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. And Dylan Brooks just like stays not playing. Um, we're gonna do great. <laughs> hey, so. Nobody saw the Suns. Nobody had the Suns exactly. making the finals last year. Exactly. They didn't win it, 
but they but still hey. got there. Nobody had them there. Nobody exactly. had the Bengals making the Super Bowl. Exactly. And guess what? They got there. Yep. So nobody you know, had Matt Stafford winning the Super Bowl as as the quarterback for any team. Well, well, no. I actually in June of last year, as soon as they got him, I put money on him being the MVP and for them to win the Super Bowl. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. And unfortunately, they beat my team. Yeah, and you were like, well, that's great, but damn. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, I got money, but oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. We always have the best time. Um, I feel like oh, yeah. it's probably just everybody just feels like they're, like, listening to us just talk. <laughs> um, just having a conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, so as always, thank you guys so much for listening, for subscribing to the podcast, uh, sharing my stuff on social media, leaving me ratings and reviews. I greatly appreciate it. I couldn't do it without you. And if you have not yet, um, please look in the description for this episode in the show notes. Um, the link to my merch store is there and it is live and there's all kinds of good stuff on there. Um, thank you to the people who have already bought stuff. It's so exciting to think about that. Like my little designs are going to be out there on people. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, until next week, y'all have a good night.